Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. It's March 19th, 2018. I'm Charlie Sykes, joined by Mike Warren of The Weekly Standard. Uh, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it very much. Thanks, Charlie. What a hell of a weekend. I, you know, <laughs> this was this was one of those weekends where it was, was coming so fast. It was so in, intense that I, I actually had to sort of struggle to stay engaged. And you know, we do this for a living. It just... It felt different, didn't it? It it felt it felt like we'd moved to a new level of crazy, which I think we've said about a hundred times before, haven't we? Yeah, but you know, you can always go to you can always go to the next level. It's kind of like an MC Escher drawing, you know. It's just it it, it builds on itself, and all of a sudden you're back. You think where you started, and and but you're you're at another level of crazy. Um, no, look, I mean, I think the I think the, we have weekends, right? I mean, a lot of regular people have weekends where they take time off, and this is a president who really doesn't. I mean, he he you know he likes to golf, but um, it's in these kind of unguarded moments where he doesn't have things to do that you get a lot of uh, what I guess we're going to talk about: crazy tweets and firings and yeah, all sorts yeah. of fun stuff. Well, let's start with the uh, let's start with the firing. Um, and of course, the difficult thing about uh, talking about the firing of Andrew McCabe, the former deputy director of the FBI, is that we really don't know why he was fired, and we won't actually know uh, what what the grounds were until we see that Inspector General uh, report. What we do know is uh, that that he made an unauthorized communication to the media, and had a the, the phrase is interesting lack of candor in discussing it. He, of course, is pushing back very, very hard, says this is all about Russia. But let, let's just talk about this. Um, a, a, again, a- Andrew McCabe, number two um, you know, official in the FBI, somebody who potentially could play a very significant role in, in, uh, in, in the investigation, the Russian investigation um, into uh, Donald Trump, the, the Mueller investigation. Um, his, uh, uh, his, his firing was... It felt like it was predicted, foreshadowed, and then later celebrated by the president. So what do you make of it? Well, it's interesting that you you point that out, Charlie, that uh, McCabe could be uh, important or critical in the Russian investigation because this is the – this seems to be the message – I think against interest that that Trump himself is making and sort of drawing all these conclusions as he did. And we can get into it in a little bit uh, yeah. on Twitter between McCabe and the Russia investigation, because, of course, what McCabe is uh, uh, is accused of of doing really has to do with um, the Hillary Clinton email investigation that he was uh, in charge of. And uh, according to this office of, you know, career Department of Justice officials, um, he did, uh, McCabe, that is, um, did not follow the proper protocol, did not do what he was supposed to do. Uh, and they recommended, you know, not uh, not being directly influenced by anybody in the Trump administration, they recommended that he be terminated. So on the one hand, you have uh, what I think is, um, again, we do need to see that Inspector General report. We need to see uh, uh, and, and see if it, uh, if it does contradict what uh, Andrew McCabe says happened. Um, but it seems like it is a firing that, could be or is very possibly could be justified um, right it could it could be and that's what makes the, the the president's reaction and behavior so i guess if it was not if it was not donald trump it would be puzzling because it, he seems to be acting against his own interest because he's gone out of his way to make it look like it was politicized i mean going back to last uh, december two days before christmas um, where he, you know, he he's tweeting about uh, Andrew McCabe uh, and 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 foreshadowing that he in fact was was trying to run out the clock on his 
on on his retirement. That's right. And it seems something is stuck in Trump's craw about McCabe, and and that has to do with uh, McCabe's wife being, um, you know, a sort of she's a she ran for uh, she ran for office in the state of Virginia as a Democrat. She and uh, Andrew McCabe had donated to Hillary Clinton, and this sort of seems to be um, the the locus of of Trump's uh, frustrations with him. He's, he 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 tends toward the sort of conspiratorial, and uh, it, it seems to be that he uh, has come to believe that. Um, all of the problems that he's facing with with Mueller sort of stem from political bias at the FBI, and Andrew McCabe is is sort of um, cr- you know criminal number one in that in that sense, and so that's where it all comes from. But it doesn't seem to be in his interest, uh, the president's interest, to to try to draw that uh, uh, distinction because it looks it may, takes what looks what could be a credible firing and makes it look political. See, that's exactly right. But, but perhaps it is. Let's look at it from his point of view. It is in his interest because he's now going to use this as the cudgel to attack the overall Mueller investigation. Now, there's it's kind of a, obviously there's, it's a non sequitur right. to uh, go after Robert Mueller. But it, it, he almost immediately, not after spiking the football about Andrew McCabe's firing, began attacking the special prosecutor. And this is the first time, this is why the weekend felt different. This is the first time that the president has gone after Bob Mueller by name. And that, of course, raised all sorts of concerns. And I mentioned before how this weekend felt different. That really seemed to reignite uh, concerns that had been somewhat dormant that he might actually fire the special prosecutor. That's right. Just as we're seeing in the last couple of weeks, the president um, make some moves in his cabinet and in his administration, and possibly we're going to see more of that at the White House and the administration this week. Uh, uh, the president last week was quoted as saying that he's finally getting, um, uh, you know, the administration, the people around him that he wants. In a similar way, he seems to be um, approaching the Mueller investigation, you know, from a, from the PR perspective, in the way he finally wants to, to go after Mueller specifically. And you um, you heard this from. Uh, uh, from John Dowd, the president's private lawyer, uh, essentially echo this uh, in an interview with the Daily Beast um, and say that that you know that this is something that uh, you know clearly the Mueller investigation needs to go away. The White House, on the other hand, has sort of backpedaled this a little bit on Sunday. Said you know as we've said many times that the president's not going to do anything about firing Mueller and yeah, that's uh, Ty Cobb. Yeah, right? Ty Cobb, uh, not the who not by the, the way has been player. a font of misinformation about this. Isn't Ty Cobb the one who was telling Donald Trump this was going to be over by Thanksgiving? It was going to be over by. By the end of the year. You know what? Sometimes, Charlie, you got to tell your boss what he wants to hear. Uh, <laughs> that's why. That's why I always tell uh, Steve Hayes Especially that this, this is this is this is the year for the Packers. You know. Um, so, but look, I think um, I, I think you when you hear that from Ty Cobb, you heard that who, who works at the White House, coming from the White House legal team. Um, you're hearing that a lot also from uh, Republicans on Capitol Hill. You heard, um, you know, many Republicans. Um, in the Senate, say and sort of push back and 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 defend Mueller, and also say that you know they didn't think he was going to do it. And I think the most important person of all of this um, uh, was Sean Hannity, the Fox News host, who went on Fox and Friends this morning, Monday morning, and said he doesn't think that Mueller is going to be fired, which is interesting because 
Hannity has called for um, ending the Mueller investigation before. But it's a I think whatever Hannity says is a good indication of kind of where the president's own uh, views or thinking about it, it is. So so perhaps this is uh, much ado about about nothing or sort of you know sound and fury um, to mix all my Shakespeare uh, metaphors and references. Um, uh, but it, it may just end up signifying nothing or signifying a kind of um, uh, speaking out but not actually taking any action. Yeah, there, there were some extraordinary quotes over the weekend. Uh, you had uh, Representative Trey Gowdy, who seems to have gotten a new lease on life uh, as soon as he announced he wasn't running for re-election. And he's responding to uh, uh, the uh, the lawyer, John Dowd, uh, the personal lawyer for Donald Trump, uh, John Dowd, who called for the end of the investigation. Uh, Gowdy said, if you have an innocent client, Mr. Dowd, act like it. And then you had Lindsey Graham on CNN saying uh, that firing Mueller would be the beginning of the end of his presidency. Even Chris Christie saying it would be inappropriate for the president uh, to to remove him. So we don't know. But the timing of all of this does seem interesting. And I don't mean just the fact that they uh, they fired Andrew McCabe right before he was scheduled to retire. It does feel like the investigation um, has really the Mueller investigation has uh, picked up in tempo. Uh, you have the reports that he's subpoenaing records from the Trump organization, which would suggest he's really looking at uh, the personal and the family finances. You have this breaking story that links Cambridge Analytica to uh, the Trump campaign, Facebook, and and and, and to the Russians, and and you get the you kind of get that sense that that this thing is is moving in directions that would be really deeply disturbing for Donald Trump. Now, I, I know the, the conventional wisdom is, is that he's kind of, you know, feeling his oats, he's feeling empowered, Trump is being Trump. The, the alternative and maybe maybe just a complimentary uh, take on this is that there's something about the course of this investigation that genuinely has him rattled and that he's going off on these tweet meltdowns because in fact he recognizes that that this investigation is going into places that are going to be a uh, messy and, you know Donald Trump is a very very private man actually in in some ways especially when it comes to his money and i think it has to have dawned on him by now whatever Ty Cobb is telling him that uh Robert Mueller is going to find out everything yeah i th- i think that's that's certainly the fear um that you know they've also gotten um, uh, questions from the Mueller team, um, which uh, I think would indicate to Trump's legal team sort of where uh, questions that they would they would potentially want to ask if they were to interview the president, which I still don't think is going to happen. But if they were, um, and 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 that has sort of perhaps tipped their um, the, the Mueller team has tipped uh, uh, you know in a little direction of where they're thinking and where their investigation is going the obviously i think i think it was sort of overlooked last week but the huge news development which you just mentioned charlie which is um the subpoenaing of the trump organization now this is the red line that trump said um Mueller's team could not cross so perhaps we're looking at a at, at preparing uh, uh by by the president to make a move uh, against Mueller and against Rod Rosenstein who's of course uh, uh behind uh, appointing uh Robert Mueller special counsel and, and oversees that investigation uh, this is all sort of setting that up I, it's it's hard to say because it's hard to kind of read exactly what he's thinking but it goes back to a, a, a sort of uh, something i keep hitting on when it comes to the Mueller investigation which is there is so much that's going on that uh, Robert Mueller and his team are investigating, asking people about, asking other people on the campaign or in, now in the White House um, that, that, uh, that they've heard from other interviews that we don't know about. And I think that 
the, that the more that this investigation goes on, um, we've learned so many things that surprise us. Um, and you have to imagine, and, and I think there's evidence that shows this, that when the Trump uh, legal team and when Trump himself sort of starts to find out that they're going in this direction, they're going after uh, uh, obstruction of justice, uh, or at least looking into that, um, that he reacts in a way that uh, that that you know is is typical of him. He sort of lashes out and uh, and tries to discredit those who he views as going after him. Whether there will be anything to it, uh, again. Mm-hmm. We have to just wait to see what 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 Mueller actually does. Are there more indictments? Are there more plea agreements? Well, there will be, and and I, I think it's interesting, you know, that the investigation, which is cl- obviously clearly going on into obstruction of justice, and I I guess my take on that is you take a thirty five thousand foot look at all of this, and Donald Trump is making no secret of the fact that he wants to obstruct this investigation, that that he wants to do everything possible to discredit it, uh, to intimidate the witnesses, to fire the witnesses, um, to pull all of the strings. I mean, that's kind of the irony. It's it's taking place in broad daylight, in slow motion, not. So much slow motion, but two things that that I've actually and I, I I confess publicly that I'm somewhat obsessed with all of this. I think there's two areas that have to uh, bother him. Um, and the, the first is 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 number one, which is the uh, the possibility of money laundering, um, so, some of the financial uh, dealings, and the fact that now we know that uh, Robert Mueller is going after that. I think that m- might end up being the the heart of the case. Number two, I've been telling people for I've made a complete bore of myself by saying that uh, sooner or later, Cambridge Analytica was going to be at the center of this. This is the uh, Bannon-affiliated, uh, Mercer-funded organization that was the big data mining uh, big data mining factory. And uh, that was, I always thought that, you know, one of the unanswered questions that we had was, how did those Russian bots target American voters with such specificity and sophistication? Where did they get that data? Um, and we're seeing over the weekend this report from The Guardian, <clears throat> which is filled with dazzling details that would suggest that uh, Cambridge Analytica, that there's a nexus between, you know, Cambridge Analytica getting data from Facebook, uh, possibly having some some unexplained contacts with uh, with Russian entities. And again, so this 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 thing is so much broader and so much potentially messier. So let's go back to the, the beginning on the uh, uh, Andrew McCabe firing, because the, uh, the 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 Daily Standard, Weekly Standard editorial today uh, talks about the fact that, you know, the Andrew McCabe firing could be completely justified. But in fact, the president has messed up the has has uh, has messed up the waters here. What's truly appalling, I want to read from the editorial. What's truly appalling here is the president's childlike inability to keep his mouth shut or his Twitter idol. McCabe was fired and the OIG report, once it's made public, seems likely to justify that firing. But the focus won't be on McCabe and the reasons for his dismissal. By tweeting attacks on the Mueller investigation, McCabe and the FBI itself, Trump has ensured that the story will instead be the degree to which the president sounds panicked and defensive about the Mueller investigation. For people otherwise convinced that McCabe should have been fired, in other words, Trump's obsessive tweeting suggests that he has something to hide even if he doesn't. And I think that that really nails it. Okay, another story that broke that you write about on the Daily Standard today, this report from Ruth Marcus from The Washington Post suggesting that senior Trump aides had been asked to sign non-disclosure agreements. First of all, has that story been confirmed? Um, Do you believe that? 
it's a hard. I mean, I I don't mean to uh, to denigrate Ruth Marcus, the or the Washington Post. She sources it to a single anonymous source who says who claims to have signed one. Um, so mm-hmm. it's a little. It, it runs in the opinion. She's an opinion columnist, a liberal opinion columnist. We should point out, um, uh, and it run, ran in the opinion section. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's not. It, it, there was no rigor there. Um, I, I'm skeptical. Not because of any, anything that she's reported, but simply because it's 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 so hard to believe that a anybody would um, sign one, uh, and b it, it, because it's just sort of, it doesn't it it's never been done before. It makes no so it makes inappropriate. No sense. I mean, it, but the, but also the that work it, in the White House work for us, not for the president, right? Right, and and as a sort of practical matter, anybody who signed one would have to be thinking that there's no way that this can be enforced. I mean, so uh, so I'm skeptical of it. But on the other hand, you know, this has been kind of banded about every couple of months. There's been some story, uh, I think a couple of months ago in January, there was questions about whether Bannon, uh, Steve Bannon had signed an NDA. And the White House cannot and, and seems unwilling and or maybe unable to deny that that they did not ask for uh, for for senior White House staff to sign NDA. So uh, but my, my question is, if if they did, what what does it really matter? I mean, there there perhaps is a, a there's a, a ethical or criminal problem with asking White House officials to sign NDAs. But essentially, they're unenforceable by if you ask anybody who knows anything about about this uh, from from the legal standpoint, they're unenforceable. So they, they sort of don't they don't matter, and yet people sign them, and, and uh, according to Ruth Marcus, and uh, the question is, why? What, are the, what? Why would they do that, and why would the president expect that? Except for the fact that he just kind of expects expected this in his private life, and I guess expected uh, uh, this same kind of thing uh, now that he's at the White House. Yeah, well, the funniest thing, of course, is the fact that uh, if, if, in fact, there were these NDAs, they did not stop the leaking from the White House right. over the last year or so. If they, they've had no effect whatsoever, so yeah, how did that work out for you? Exactly. I mean, look, no, no, nobody who I've talked to at the White House uh, appears to have signed one or appears to have believed it, it. It it really mattered. I mean, there is this this very important question that I have asked the White House, um, uh, and they've been unwilling to answer, which is, who are the parties uh, in this in in these supposed NDAs? If I'm a White House staffer and I sign an NDA, um, uh, there, who is the who is the opposing party? Is it President Trump himself? Because, as you say, the, the, these people don't work for. For Donald Trump, the person they work for, there's a specific uh, uh, office, the executive office of the president, which is a part of the executive branch, which is a, a part of the federal government. And yeah, they're just sworn in; they swear an oath, right? And and, 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 and and case law has actually found that uh, if you're a federal employee, as long as it's not classified material, we're not, you know, we're not talking here about things that are um, uh, federally you know, protected by law that 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 people cannot uh, reveal, but but sort of confidential stuff that happens. You have a conversation with the president in the Oval Office. Office, um, people, federal employees have First Amendment uh, uh, rights, and they don't uh, they don't let go of those because they work for the president. Certainly not because they uh, sign an NDA. So this is this is kind of a this really is kind of a crazy story, and and I would like to I'd like to know a little bit more. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? And speaking of, we can't can't have a conversation about Donald Trump and NDAs without talking about Stormy Daniels whose sixty Minutes interview is apparently going to be running um, this coming Sunday. By the way, I. I'd be willing to go out on a limb, Mike, and say that the ratings for that are going to be relatively high. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a per- perfect way to celebrate Palm Sunday, I think. So it, it also the the efforts. I mean, th- this is a strange story. I, I can, you know, the efforts on the part of uh, Trump and his lawyers and the Trump organization uh, to basically shut her down to enforce that that NDA 
is is rather striking, uh, especially given the fact that you know, that Trump, Trump is giving her the Vladimir Putin treatment, which is that he never mentions her. He never criticizes her. And um, that's why that has you know, such a different different feel. So not only do you have the advances in the Mueller investigation, but you also have this Stormy Daniel thing, which he just cannot rub off the bottom of his shoes. And another reason, you know, that might have led up to this weekend's Twitter meltdowns. Well, the through line in all of this, Charlie, is that uh, uh, tr- what Trump is used to, what Trump is comfortable with, what what he Uh, seeks out is control of the story, control of the narrative. That's what these possible, uh, I'm still skeptical, but possible NDAs at the White House have to do with it. It's what the uh, the NDA with Stormy Daniels, if if he really did, uh, uh, if he really was involved, you know, through his lawyer, Michael Cohen, to get her to be quiet. Um, It's it's a part of all of this, which is that he's he, he likes to be in control of the story. And when he's not and when things like, you know, when when I development in the Mueller investigation surprises him or surprises the White House, um, I think that's a moment when you have to look and see what is, how is the president who likes to control the story going to react to something that's out of his control? It's a, it's a very interesting, um, and if, you know, I think if you care about sort of the sanity of, of, of the government and uh, uh, disturbing uh, element of the Trump presidency. And over the weekend, Vladimir Putin was in fact uh, reelected. He'll be in office till 2024. I think uh, once once again, a reminder or maybe a a revelation for some folks that uh, democracy or something or a system of government that has the trappings of democracy is not incompatible with authoritarianism. So, you know, we we throw around words like democracy a lot. Um, The Russians claim that they have a democracy. They have an election. They have a vote. Uh, I'm guessing that whatever irregularities there were in that election, Vladimir Putin probably got the most votes. But does that make Russia a democracy? So, you know, not only is democracy not incompatible with authoritarianism, it's not incompatible with a thugocracy, and it's not incompatible with the breakdown of, of the rule of law. Just, just, just throwing that out there, <laughs> since a lot of people wring their hands about, you know, what do we need to do to preserve democracy? Maybe it's more complicated than that, right? Well, uh, it's why I think um, one of the great things about our system here in the United States uh, is that we're a liberal democracy, you know, that we embrace liberalism as well as democracy and liberalism that's a small l which which actually we would call in the united states conservatism or we might once have called in the united states conservatism so that's a huge difference and and you know for whatever i I agree with you about i'm sure putin putin legitimately or i should say legitimately um in 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 reality probably did receive the most votes but in in no way um I, i think can we conclude that um, he was legitimately um, or can have legitimate claim to rule the Russian people, but he's going to keep on doing it. Okay, so it is Monday. Is there anything else that people have to know in the news today? Uh, I, I, mean, I, I, mean, I worry get... about this all the time. There's big <laughs> stories, but because we get flooded, it's like, okay, we missed that. Yeah, it, you know what? It, I, I, I have to come up for air, you know, every every oh. hour or so. So it's just it's like it, it, it's tough to it's tough to follow. I think there's stuff going on in Congress, um, but you know, c- get back <laughs> to me later in the week, Charlie, when I've had when I've had enough time to recover. Mike, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it very much, uh, and thanks for listening to the Daily Standard podcast. I'm Charlie Sykes, and we'll be back to do this all over again tomorrow.